Okay, let's look at page 94. No, page 95. 95. Aza, an example of godly living. Christians can look confidently, confidently toward a future with Christ that will be free of the grief and problems we face in this world. But what do we do in the meantime? We live in a world that does nothing to encourage our walk with Christ. In fact, many times the world actively oppresses, opposes anyone who seeks to live a godly life for Christ. Can we stand strong, though? In the Old Testament, the life of King Asa shows us how to face life head on. His example points to the value of focusing on God, living a lifestyle of worship, and persisting with the courage and dependence on Him. We'll also see how His example influenced those around Him and the generation that came after. By studying His life, we will see that even though we will face enemies and challenges, we can live godly lives. Amen. Okay, let's look at our first question as usual. What are some things you enjoy being distracted by? Cell phones, social media, hours of buying television, the cell phone. Hours and hours are wasted on that thing. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hate it. You know, I, I, when I leave the office, um, I normally uh, set the alarm and walk, and everything goes fine. And then sometimes I'm, I'm in the middle of doing something, and the phone rings, and it's show alarm. Uh, we, we we didn't get a closing. Uh, is everything okay? I mean, you don't mind them calling. Check, you know. But you know. So what I started to do is after I leave the office, I get down in the car. I would call them, and I said, uh, "Could you give me a closing time, please?" So that I I could I know that I'm not going to get any distracting calls later on. So they give me a closing time, and I know everything is fine. Okay, especially on the weekends. Yeah. They don't call you all? Yeah, they call us. Because if they see 6 o'clock and they don't get a closing, they would call me. You know, they, they, you know, sometimes they didn't get called me and they would call my boss. And so my boss called me one day and says, you know, tell them don't call me. <laughs> Could you call them and change and tell them to call you? <laughs> Rather than calling me? Because see, if they call me and they don't get me, then they automatically call, call him in the house. So I called him and I said, well, you know, Mr. Brin said, don't call him anymore, call me instead. They said, okay, we'll change it. <laughs> you know, but that's a distracting for me. You know, so I said, I'm going to end the distraction, I'm going to call them before they call me. Any other uh, distractions? Okay. Money? Yeah. What about money? It's a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> it is? When well, you don't have money. <laughs> no, it's a distraction and you don't have it. It says you enjoy being distracted by the money. <laughs> if money's coming to her, she doesn't mind being distracted by the money. <laughs> okay. So we look at the poster we're going to deal with. Pursue God, maybe this is the first one we can start it, but my poster looks like it's coming down. Like, is this done? Yes. I know it's done, I put it back up. Huh? It was done this morning. Okay. 
Depend on God is number two. Anybody need to depend on God? Yes. Absolutely. What about acting with courage? Do we need that? Yes. Because sometimes the devil throws us a, a curveball. So you need courage, right? And then worship continually. Can you do that? Yes. Try. Pastor Lee always says, you say, my work is my worship. Yes. Okay, so continual worship. When you, whatever you're doing, you're worshiping all the time. Behind the wheel, in the shower. That's right. Anytime you're worshiping. And then uh, remember God's faithfulness. Do we remember God's faithfulness all the time? Yes. Or we like the the, the, the ten lepers who deny, oh. and one of them. The only one. We like the one. Okay. So we need to remember God's faithfulness all the time, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Yes. Right. Every time you wake up in the morning, thank God that He woke you up. Yes. Okay, and then leave a legacy. Is that a good thing? Yes. Absolutely. You want to leave a legacy. You want to be able to say, may those who come behind me find me faithful. Okay, so you want to leave a legacy. So that's what we're going to be looking at in the weeks ahead uh, as we move forward. And that should help us to be put on a good footing. Okay, let's look at Bible meets life. Every day we are faced with a multitude of distractions. Apps on our smartphones easily sidetrack us. Social media, text messages, and email after email vie for our attention too. Is it any wonder we might have a problem with keeping our focus on the task at hand? The average worker wastes 759 hours each year due to distractions in the workplace. In 2015, 3,477 people were killed and nearly 400,000 more were injured in vehicle crashes that involve distracted drivers. 92% mm. of college students have used their phones to send text messages during class. <laughs> Any distraction can be dangerous, but being distracted from what really matters in life can have devastating consequences. In the book of Second Chronicles, we meet one man who kept his focus. Technology may not have distracted King Asa when he was driving a car, but he still faced interruptions that could have taken his focus off of where he needed to be. King Asa made sure nothing distracted him from keeping his focus on God. Wow. Okay, distractions. Yes. How many words are distracted? Um, thinking of this person with the traffic accident and stuff, a friend of um, my daughter's, her husband was in a car, in a, an accident with the vehicle, he was on a motorbike. And he's in hospital now, he needs prayer. He's had two operations on his jaw already, and he has two broken, two, the leg broken in two places, and the arm broken in two places. Whoa! Wow. Yeah, so he really needs prayer. Wow. He was on yeah. a motorbike. Yes. And the SUV hit him. Wow. Was he wearing a helmet? Sorry? Was he wearing a yeah. helmet? Yeah, fully clad. So his head is okay. His good, his head is okay. And you only got one head. He has something with his head as well. Okay. Even though he had a helmet. Wow, that must so be. So just, you know, that must bring be. everything goes well with the surgeries yeah. and, and all the rehab and everything afterwards. Mm. So he's on a long road for rehab as well yes. after all the operations. Wow. Yeah. Mm. About five, I think, they say so far that they have to do. Wow. Five operations. The Christian life is all about Christ and Christ alone. Pray for him. His name is Paul. Paul. 
Okay, let's remember to pray for Paul, traffic accident victim. You know, I, I have a airpiece that I use when I'm driving, because sometimes my phone just keeps ringing off the hook. Uh, when I'm at work, so I use an airpiece. Um, yeah, Bluetooth, and that, that has been a tremendous help. You know, you don't worry about hooking, picking up the phone. I have it, I have a mount on the dashboard, so the phone is mounted, so whoever calls, I can see who's calling, and I just touch the headphone and answer. Nope, when picking up phone with, with the cell phone, and that's been a tremendous help. The Christian life is all about Christ and Christ alone. A lot of things will pull our attention, pull, our, pull for our attention, but what comes first? Christ does. As we seek him, our attention will be pulled toward those things that are most needful. As King Asa, as King Asa surely felt a lot of responsibility for leading the nation, but his desire to please God kept him focused. By centering on God, Asa served his country well. We're going to look at how Asa compared to the other kings uh, who served and how he was so different. Any distraction can be dangerous, but being distracted from what really matters in life can have devastating consequences, like the accident that Mr. Bernie just talked about, can have devastating con consequences. And sometimes uh, people don't survive them. Okay, so our lesson today is pursue godliness. But what is the point? Make God the focus of your life. Make God the focus yes. of your life. Let's look at the first power passage we have, Second Chronicles 14, 1 and 2. I'm going to take that one. Abijah. Abijah rested with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. His son Asa became king in his place. During his reign, the land experienced peace for ten years. Asa did was good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. When a new president takes office, we watch closely to see what he will be doing during his first 100 days. Moving beyond the campaign promises, we begin to see his abilities and character in action. The first 100 days set the tone for the rest of his administration. Asa was suddenly thrust into leadership simply because his father died. Perhaps the nation of Judah was watching to see, in a sense, what his first 100 days would be like. Asa himself may have wondered what kind of king he should be. We don't know how old he was when he became king, but he had observed how his father Abijah reigned. Abijah was only king for three years, 1 Kings 15-2. So Asa also had the example of his grandfather, Rehoboam, to consider. Asa had seen how both men responded to the challenges of leading. Both men had dealt with wars and conflicts, and each had failed to keep his focus on God and doing what was right in his sight. As a result, up to this point, the nation had little to no peace in the land, although Abijah did lead the southern kingdom of Judah to victory over the northern kingdom of Israel, which had wandered away from God under the leadership of King Jeroboam. When Asa assumed the kingship, the country had peace, and it remained in peace for 10 years. 
for the king must still keep his focus in times of peace, just as he does in times of war. Peacetime leadership also carries great responsibility. The question remains, would Asa lead like those before him, or would he choose a better path? Asa didn't have to look very far back in history to see what happened when the leader took his focus off of God. Asa, cho Asa chose a different route. Choose? Asa chose a different route. He chose to keep his relationship with God his top priority. Asa would lead by example both in his actions before the people and in his relationship with God. He would tend, he would need to depend on the Lord and in his direction. As he trusted the Lord to guide his actions and thoughts, he would lead the people to also follow the directions given by God. How would King Asa be able to do all of this? He would have to make every decision as king in the right way, no matter what situations or circumstances came up. Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord, his God. What made his leadership remarkable is that what he did was good and right in God's eyes. It's tempting for us to be people pleasers, doing what others consider good and right. People want us to do what is good and right for them. But such motives are often self-centered and defining what is good and right can vary with each circumstances. Not so in God's eyes. God's standard of goodness and righteousness does not change. Asa wasn't, go uh, Asa wasn't doing good and right things to please the people in his kingdom. He was doing them to please God. Okay. And uh, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Isn't that so? Yes. The inspired writers of the Book of Kings and Chronicles no doubt understood this principle and recorded the history of God's activities with his chosen people. Among the lives and deeds of the King of Israel and Judah, detailed in the Book of Second Chronicles, the reign of King Asa of Judah and his attempts to maintain godly standards for his people and himself, for himself and his people, is recorded. And so Asa, King Asa, stood out uh, among all of his peers more than any of those who served before him. A um, couple of things. Uh, first, let me give out these copies. And this list of kings of the divided monarchy. Uh, kings of Israel united, Saul, David, and Solomon. Uh, those when, when, when the kingdoms before the kingdom separated, uh, split apart, divided, everybody decided to go their own way and do their own thing. And uh, we notice Asa, 913 to 893. 873. 873. And it's highlighted because Asa stood out among all of his peers. And we're going to see how Asa stood out, uh, his place in the, in, the, in the lineage, how he stood out among God's people. So how many tribes? You had Israel, then you had one, and then 
how, how many tribes each of them had? Like Israel had how many tribes? Eleven and and then the other king had one. Is that how it went? Judah had two and Israel had ten. Okay, that's how it was divided. Okay, two and ten. It's two and ten. Okay. Okay, uh, you keep that, stick that in your book, uh, your personal study guides for future reference. And uh, the first, first and second chronicles originally were written as one Hebrew book. And the Jewish scholars who translated the Old Testament into Greek uh, uh, in the second century BC divided the book into two parts. Uh, that the two parts that we have uh, today. And um, so the life and rule of King Asa, among all those other kings, serves as an example of how we are to live godly lives in the world today. Uh, the life and rule of King Asa of Judah serves as our example. Okay, so we can learn a lot from him. He was the third king to rule Judah. Uh, 910 to 869 BC after the united monarchy divided uh, in 931 930 BC into the northern kingdom of Israel also called at times Samaria or Ephraim and the southern kingdom of Judah Asa's name means doctor or healing okay so he provided what was necessary for the healing of his nation or his people. And God chose him for that purpose, and that's what his, his function was. Although Asa's faith wavered toward the end of his rule, nevertheless, he was the most godly monarch to rule Judah since the time of Solomon. Okay, uh, the account of Asa's reign begins with the death and burial of King Abijah in the city of David. Uh, and the coronation of his son Asa as Abijah's successor. Okay, uh, Ezra set out. Ezra set forth a sort of theological evaluation of Asa's rule, and uh, it says that uh, Asa did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord his God. Now, when you read through the Old Testament and look at the rulers, you will notice uh, a lot of times that. The, the phrase, so-and-so did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord. So-and-so did not do what was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And you see that repeated a lot. And so it makes a big difference when you see this said about a particular king. He did what was good and right in the sight of the Lord. In other words, he lived in obedience to, to God. Whatever he was decided to do, he checked with God first. He checked the writings, the commands, and sought to do what God wanted them to do, rather than do his own thing. Okay, question number two. What does a God-focused life look like? Keeping God at the center. Keeping God at the center. What else? Putting him first. Putting him first. Okay, what else? God. Huh? You devote time to spend with God. Okay, devoting time to spend with God for what? Pray For what purpose? What end? To get to know him. If you want to, if you want to get to know somebody, you spend time with them, right? Yes. So you get to know who God is, uh, what he is like, his likes and his dislikes. 
so that you know how to please him. If you know what God like and don't like, then you'll know how to please him, right? And so that's the purpose of spending time uh, with him. Mm -hmm. For direction and guidance. For direction and guidance. His Bible is our blueprint, it's our guidebook, it's our instruction manual. It's amazing how people enter uh, decisions of life, difficult decisions, challenges, life-changing decisions, and they don't check with God. Well, you first you need to find out if we know the Lord, if we have a relationship <laughs> with the Lord. I guess so. I, I should have yeah. said that. I yeah, you know. need to find out if we know the Lord, because if we don't know the Lord, he, he ain't spend no time, time in the word. Yeah. 